Hey, this is Kevin, the student pastor at Short Church of God. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We strive each week to bring relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To stay up to date with what's going on at the church or to support the mission financially, head over to scog.com or download our app. I hope you enjoy the message. We are in the book of James and take out the Bible or whatever you use to read the scripture. (laughs) Um, In the seats in front of you, if you do not have a Bible... Please take one of those Bibles with you. We have ordered new Bibles. They are in the office. They're going to be put into the chairs this week. Um, they are large print Bibles. Um, so very excited about that. Got the upgrade, right? Uh, so that's coming in uh, this week. So if you'd like to uh, take one of those Bibles with you, you don't have a Bible of your own, please feel free. No guilt um, at all about taking the, the scripture. We want you to have that, be able to have that uh, for your own. So we are in the book of James, which is found in the back of your Bible. It's after the book of Hebrews, before 1 Peter. That might not help you because those books are so small. Um, So just cheat and use the table of contents. You are totally, totally okay with that. All right. Every once in a while, I feel like they move Philemon on me. Like, I know the Bible doesn't change. Where is it? I'm, I'm even... Okay, where is it? Table of contents. Thank you. All right. I found it. Um, It just hides on me. So maybe it does that for you as well. Uh, we've been doing a lot of word studies in James, um, so we're taking really kind of a deep, deep, deep dive into the text of uh, James. We're still in the first chapter. This is the fifth message in the series. Like the longest message series I've ever done before is eight weeks. This one, we're going we're gonna to see eight weeks in the rearview mirror for a long time, okay? We're going to be here for a while, probably throughout the summer, and uh, I, I just love James. It is the most practical Uh, Probably one of the most practical books in the whole Bible. Every sentence, just like, oh, you don't have to go real deep to figure out, hey, that's speaking to you. Um, You can go real deep. That doesn't mean you don't don't have the opportunity to. But uh, it's just very plain and very like, here, do this. Oh, okay, thank you. Got it. And so what we want to do, and this is one of the reasons I absolutely am in love with the Scripture, is because I love to be able to read it. And get something from it and then read it again and kind of go, okay, so what's really going on here with the themes or the words or uh, what's the context to that? What's the history behind it? And kind of take it another layer and then ask another question and take another layer. And I'm kind of like mining the scripture. Just if I keep on going down, how much more can I, can I bring up? And so that's what we're trying to do here today. Could I just read the sentence and preach off that? Probably. Probably would have plenty of material, but instead we're going really slow and just going really deep and trying to unearth all the diamonds and rubies and jewels that is in this scripture. Um, so one of the tools I wanted to show you is uh, this is the Bible I use primarily for major word study. Um, it's called the Hebrew Greek Keyword Study Bible. Now, you may not care at all but I care a lot about it. But what it does is it highlights, you cannot see it from that far, but what it does is it gives you scripture references or where that, those words also um, appear in the scripture and then underlines key nouns and verbs that mean a lot, like the whole word of doula, or servant, which is where you're going to get the definition of doulos, which is the bond servant thing and where all that's coming from. And so you look that up in the back. There's a dictionary in the back that tells you all the Greek words and how, how to pronounce it and all that stuff. That might be something you're really, uh, really, really interested in. Some of you just fell asleep with me talking about that. Uh, but I wanted to offer that to you um, because some of you are like, where is he getting this stuff? 
This is one of the places in which I get it. This is the most easy, uh, accessible uh, way to, to get that stuff, actually. Um, and so there's that tool for you. Also, we're going to talk a lot about the Bible. Um, if you are searching for a new Bible and you're, you don't know where to go for that and you don't know how to, to find one. Well, Family Christian Bookstore doesn't exist anymore, so you can't just go there and peruse the Bibles. Uh, Barnes & Nobles actually has a pretty large selection of Bibles. Um, you can also come into my office, and I own almost every translation of the Scripture. I don't know why. It's a, it's a, it's a problem. I need prayer. Uh, but I own a lot of them. You can peruse my, uh, my selection of Bibles, and we can figure out what's best for you. I actually have a pen somewhere that says Bible Expert on it. Um, I used to sell Bibles for a living. I worked at family Christian bookstores. Uh, so um, that made me a Bible expert to be able to sell them. Uh, not the master's degree, but the, uh, the, <laughs> but the, the, the eight-question test I took um, to get a five-cent raise uh, was what made me a Bible expert. Um, so anyway, uh, if you'd like, uh, like help trying to find maybe a Bible for your kid or for yourself, uh, my mother would love to help uh, you find a Bible for your, for your children. She's got a plethora of them all over her house, and uh, she'd help you there. Um, but for you, I'm probably uh, the better choice to, to help you do that. Just want to uh, help you get into the Scripture. It should never be, oh, well, I don't know which one to read, or that one's too hard to read, or whatever. There's so many fantastic choices. There's very, 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 very few bad choices. <laughs> There's, I mean, very, very few. Um, so if... Uh, the word of God is taken so seriously by so many different people that the translation process of that is held in such reverence that you're not going to go wrong, um, but would love to, to help you in that and find something that you're going to actually read and you can identify with. All right, enough for my commercial for Bibles. Let's get into James. James 1, verse 19. Today's message will be applicable, ooh, fun word to say, applicable to anyone who breathes air. So, if you've ever had a communication problem with anyone, today's message is for you. All right? So if you have talked to a child, today's message is for you. If you have a husband or a wife, today's message is for you. If you have parents, today's message is for you. This is one of the most simplest messages, but deepest messages and hardest to apply to our lives messages there is in all of Scripture. It's right up there with like, love your enemies. It's one sentence. It says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Anybody have a teenager? Like to do that in reverse? (laughs) Right? If you have a kid, you like to do that in reverse. If you have a spouse, sometimes you kind of do that in reverse. Just me, not not you guys. Nobody, no elbows here. Okay. Uh, But. If you, if you know, if you talk to people, if you work, if you have employees, if you have an employer, ah, these are hard. But the guidelines of today is, and what James is imploring the people to do, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Let's read the scripture together here. Verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, who? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word implanted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word but, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it 
says. Now, I love this. James is a fantastic writer, and he, th- this is one of those things we've been challenged to read the scripture uh, of James, the uh, five, book, or five chapters of James, once a week through this whole process. And when you start reading James, um, you start to see that he likes to play on words. And I love this whole idea of what's going on right here is he's talking about your words matter. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. What do you speak with? Words. But then he says, control those words. But what's going to save you? The word of God. You see how he's, he's, he's playing with that? Like the very thing, if you give it to God and you're, and you're engaging into God's word, that will save you from the words of your own mouth. You see what he's doing there? It's fine. Also, this word slow, this is, this is really cool. I had one of those shut up moments this week when I was uh, doing uh, scripture. Yvonne thinks I'm yelling at her. I'm just talking to the Bible. Uh, but uh, this, <laughs> when I had this moment, the word slow is the same word that is used for a becalmed ship. And you know what becalmed means? That's a fun word to say. Becalmed means there's no a wind-powered ship. There's no wind. So you know what you do when there's no wind and you're in a wind-powered ship? <laughs> you just, yeah, twiddle your thumbs a lot and you kind of chill out. Becalmed. So if you breathe, like, no air. Not just slow, like, tortoise slow. Like, emergency brake. We actually put it in park type slow. Like, we are not going. I-55 on, when it has ice on it, right? That's the slow. Well, some of you still go fast. But <laughs> when the, the slow, becalmed slow. And that's what he's talking about when he's talking about how, how fast should you be to speak? How fast should you be to get angry? About as fast as a becalmed ship. Molasses. Not just like, well, I'm not traveling at warp speed. Like not Mountain Dew speed, just regular speed. For me, that, you guys are like, yeah, well, okay, Jared, slow it down, buddy. Slow to speak. Not just slow, but real slow to speak. Not just slow to get angry, but real slow to get angry. What are you supposed to be fast about? To listen. But what does James do? Because he's an awesome writer. In chapter, I think, 3, later he's talking about taming the tongue and figuring out how to control the words of your mouth. He uses the ship metaphor again. He knows what he's doing. He's using this ship stuff. He's just cool. It's like his brother, Jesus, was a really good storyteller or something, and he picked something up. Right? Um, that was sarcastic. He's the greatest storyteller of all time. So just for those uh, who didn't know. All right. So I just, I love, and that when I look at the scripture, but when we read only one verse at a time, we don't get that, right? You don't get that he's playing on words. You don't get that in just, because it's going to take us a month and a half to get to the other message about ships. So I had to throw that in there today, right? Because when we just pr- Look at the Bible, and we only read one verse at a time. We don't get the majesty that's going on there, all the craftsmanship that's gone into the Scripture. And so when we read this, why it's so important, why I want you to read all five chapters every week is because we start putting this whole thing into context, and we're going to get a deeper appreciation of what's happening here in the Scripture. All right, back to our text for today. Everyone should be quick to what? No, oh, come on now. Quick to? Thank you. Slow to? And slow, or slow to become my man over here. All right. Who is he talking to? He's writing Jewish people and Jewish 
Christians. That's who he's writing to. This is probably around AD 50. Christianity isn't all over the place yet. It's not well established. It's still meeting in synagogues, meeting in house churches. Primarily, it's still kind of a Jewish sect. It hasn't really broken off yet. The primary audience is people who have um, been these disenfranchised Jews all over the empire. People who are, who are children of the diaspora. They have been th- uh, cast out of, of Israel because of wars and different things and thrown all over the, the Mediterranean. And so they can't go home. They don't feel like they have a place of their own. They don't feel tied into the community. They don't, they don't have a, a structure in which to to, to hold on. They just have a few different Jewish families that they're kind of clinging on to in these little, these little house churches and synagogues. That's who he's writing to. He's writing to people who are probably in slavery or have been in slavery. The least of these. This, this is, sorry, words. Uh, this is who he's talking to. Disenfranchised people, hurt people, beat up people, people who don't feel like they have a voice. And I don't know about you, but when I feel like my voice has been taken away, when I feel like my uh, power to affect change has been taken away, anger just boils up inside me. And, and this is what's going on all over the empire, actually. These little, little uh, revolts are happening all, all throughout Roman history. And what happens as a consequence of these these places where they don't feel like they have control over their own destiny and they're tired of being slaves and all this bad stuff's going on to them. And this is for not just Jews, but for all people is these revolts happen. And what Rome's response to that is, well, let's crucify a couple thousand people today. And you know what? They won't revolt tomorrow. And so James's response to them to say, guys, 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 I know that you're frustrated. I know that you're hurt. I know that you're going through stuff, but our response can't be this outpour and this, this frustration and this violent revolution and all these things. We've got to be incredibly slow or quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And so this is really kind of advice on how not to get crucified, right? I'll take that advice. That's good stuff. But if you think about the Roman culture and you think about our own culture, there's a lot that can be combined here. The idea, maybe you've heard of the word forum. Maybe you've, uh, you have participated in a forum online. The, that whole word comes from where the Romans would gather to share ideas. Right? And, so, and what actually would happen is, is politicians and different people of power would pay people, really good orators, to go to the forum and start spouting their ideas in a corner of the forum and try to sway public opinion. And try to do all kinds of things. They would defend, they do, you know, they do these crazy things like have really bad political ads. They'd pay somebody for that. Can you believe that would happen? Uh, and you would, they would do all these different things of just really, you know, these trash information campaigns that would go on through these, these, at these public forums. And James is knowing this is going on is speaking directly to the, to the, <clears throat> the Christians saying, listen, when you are encountering this, this insightful this rage-inducing talk, my advice to you is to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I think that same mentality applies to us. Maybe you've heard of this thing called Facebook. It's the public forum of our day. Twitter, social media. Could you imagine a 24-hour news cycle if everyone was quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry? It would be really boring news. It would be amazing. 
We would change the world overnight if Christians would just apply this. Like the power of our viewership, the power of our influence in in what we read and what we click on and what we spend our money on. If we would just like, you know what, we're all going to apply, be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry this week. The world would go and and ratings would change and we would send shockwaves across the world. If we just applied this principle. It's something that I know I need to apply in the way in which I engage politics. I engage things of our community. Um, I engage our HOA. I can keep it that all external, but the same thing comes internally very quickly. How do I engage with being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry with my spouse, with my parents, and with my children? The best marriage advice I can possibly give you is this verse. The best parenting advice I can give you is this verse. 90% of your issues with your spouse or with your kids could be solved with this verse. 10% of us people just make weird choices, right? But right here, if we just slow down, if you have a teenage daughter and you're trying to get into her head, I guarantee you being quick to get angry and quick to speaking is not the way in which to get her to open up to you and to talk to you. But asking questions, just listening. Then, even on asking the questions, you've got to be really, 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 really slow to even ask the question. Because if you ask the question too fast, now you're prying into my life. Ay, 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 ay. Slow to get angry, okay? <laughs> right? It's great. It does wonders. You want to know how, how to engage your teenage daughter's heart that you thought you've lost? Slow to speak. Slow to get angry. Quick to listen. You can't get your husband to open up to you. You have no idea. You think, think he's not interested in your relationship anymore. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to get angry. There's all kinds of memes out there of wives jumping to conclusions. Their husbands are cheating on them or thinking about cheating on them or whatever. They're actually just thinking about their motorcycle. We can deal with how much of us fill in that gap when we haven't had an answer, we haven't had the communication, we haven't thought about the communication, we just jump to anger, we just jump to speaking, we filled in the gaps and we've messed up all kinds of stuff. We, we are the ones that actually implant the doubts. We are the ones that actually implant the problems. We implant the frustrations because we don't apply this slow to speak, slow to get, uh, slow to get angry and quick to listen. This changes it all. Um, I'm really good at certain parts of my life at applying this. Really good at certain parts. At other places, I'm absolutely terrible. With my, with my daughter, I am an A++ person at this. With my son, I'm an F+. You want to know why? He's exactly like me. And I have already know why he's doing what he's doing, so I already want to strangle him because it's my bad habits that are coming out in him. And so I've already jumped through that thought process and, and gone there and been like, why are you doing this? You're not. He doesn't know. He didn't go there. He hasn't processed. He hasn't had the 30-plus years of figuring that stuff out. So what do I need to do as a father? 
I need to walk him through that process of trying to figure out why this behavior is not appropriate, why this is an issue, why these things are, because I had to do that. I got to overcome those issues, not by, well, some of it, my dad going, what are you doing? But that wasn't that helpful. Uh, <laughs> so, you, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you have the same issue. You know, Ke- Kelly's that way with Kendall because Kendall's a little Kelly. Oh, well, I figured out how to talk to Kelly. <laughs> we, we figured out 15 years of marriage this week. Hoorah. We, we figured it out. We, you know, we said, oh, uh, I, can, I can figure that one out. I know what you're doing. I know what you're thinking. Uh, let me ask these questions, and I can get you to open up to me. She's like, I, and throws her hands up and gets frustrated. I'm like, oh, what's the big deal? It's just like you. She's like, don't you say that. Uh, so slower to speak on that one uh, would be helpful. But you know what I'm saying? You, you hear, hear me? This is the same thing happens with your kids, right? So they're doing something. You've got to slow it down. Ask the question. Slow yourself down. Um, this week, I just, I, I've used it because I can't say anything that's going on. I've had to remove myself or someone else from the situation because I need to go. I'm, at this moment, I can't speak the way in which I need to be speaking to you. That's because I'm a get it done here. We deal with the situation right now. This is not, the th- don't you do that right now. I don't care if I embarrass you. I don't even care if I embarrass myself. We're going to deal with this. That's not going to be helpful because that's not doing what James is talking about. Slow to speak, slow to get angry. I've skipped the first two steps. I'm just angry. Anger is all about control. I did a big study. Um, I read a bunch of um, mental health journals this week, and um, I didn't, like, read them in depth. I perused a bunch of them. But every time I I talked, they came upon an anger article. It was all about controlling of something. I use anger to control um, the situation that I can't control. I use anger. um, I get angry because I don't have any control. I get angry at um, the government because of this. I get angry at the police officer for pulling me over because he pulled me over. I get angry at this because of that. I get angry at the traffic because it's not letting me go as fast as I want to go. I I use anger to control my spouse or my kids or whatever because I want them to do what I want them to do. And if I bowl them over with a huge onrush of emotion, they will do what I want. It's a control thing. And so, so much of anger is all about control. Actually, the Greek word for anger uh, in this sense is orge, which is a selfish ambition, a selfish um, indulgence, a selfish, it's just this, this angry <laughs> Angry selfishness is, is where this word comes from. And that even adds a different layer to even how we read this. Be slow to become selfish. Now, if we look at the conversations we're having, we look at the, the relationship problems that we have, the stuff that we can control, if we were just slow to be selfish, how does that affect all the different problems that we're having? Now, I know some of you, you're going, you go through stuff in your relationships and you're being taken advantage of and it's tough. And you're like, Jared, I'm not being selfish. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. But in the vast majority of our issues, it comes out of a place of I want what I want and I want it now I'm way and I want it now. Wait a minute. Is that how I'm supposed to be operating? 
Because if we take this back to the context of the whole stinking thing, the whole do loss, the bond servant mentality that we start out James with, James, a bond servant of God and of Jesus Christ, what does that mean? James, a servant who has been bought for, has been paid for, my past has been paid for, and, it, and has been bought, and in all the junk of my past, God has redeemed me and paid for me. I am a servant to him that God has now since redeemed me, and he has set me free. And he is victorious. This is Christianity all wrapped up in one little kind of concept. This do loss master concept is amazing. Once we start getting our mindset around it, we actually step into the whole mindset of all of Christianity. That we have a past, we have stuff, we have a sin that needs to be paid for so that we can be set free again. And that's what Jesus does on the cross. And then the second part of that is so that we can have joy. We can have victory. That Jesus defeats death, comes back to life in the resurrection, and that makes our joy complete, our victory complete. And so James is reminding us of all this, this, this joy and that we have been paid for and that our pasts are bought for, and we don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. And so if we're going to be stuck into a place in which we have to actually deal with people, how are we going to practice this kind of bond servant mentality that has been set free? We have to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Because if we're slow to, selfish ambition doesn't exist in slavery, right? If you're a slave, you don't really get the opportunity to be too selfish. That your life is not your own, that that whole idea is not yours, your the decisions of your day, what you do and where you go, that is not your stuff. It's a control issue. When we start giving in to anger issues, what we're really doing is saying, you know what, I'm making myself God and not the God who paid for my past. You see how that works? See how it gets us in trouble? The more selfish I get, I, I guarantee you, if you're struggling with selfish stuff, you're struggling, struggling with a bunch with anger stuff, you're getting farther and farther and farther and farther away from the God who loves you and has redeemed you and bought your past, who actually is in control, not you trying to play like you're in control. So how do you practice it? How does it work? Well, there's this word in here called righteousness. That's a fun, you know, $6 word. It's a very churchy word, righteousness. We hear it and we think, okay, I got this... You know, you got this kind of idea in your head. Uh, I got a little wings flapping or a you know, perfect little choir going on. Righteousness, what it actually means is to be a ref- the reflection of God, a reflection of who God is. And so in this context, in James chapter uh, 1, verse 19, it says, because human anger or human selfishness does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Of course, Human selfishness is not going to produce the reflection of God, right? That's not going, my selfishness is not going to be like, oh, look how good God is. No, it's going to be, look how stupid Jared is. That's what it's going to reflect on. Righteousness is the reflection of who God is. So because human anger or human selfishness does not produce the righteousness or the, the, the reflection that God desires, therefore... What is our response for that? Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. 
this righteousness, to become the reflection that God desires. How do we achieve that? How do we go after it? How do we draw closer to the reflection that God desires for us? We are quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. In the bondservant mindset, I have to ask myself, how am I orienting my life? How am I structuring my to-do list? How am I structuring my hobbies? How am I structuring everything about myself so that I am becoming better at being the servant of God, not this selfish individual? And this is the struggle. This has been the struggle of humankind ever since the very first sin, right? Eve taking a bite of that apple is I want something for myself more than I think that God can provide me. That in its sense is this idea of I'm better, I know better for my own life. When we've been created, no, 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 be, oh, you messed it up. And so this struggle from the very beginning is always, am I going to choose what I think is better for me or what I want or what even I have questions about, or am I going to choose to humbly be the reflection of, of who God is. Those are the choices that we have to make. In our parenting, in our marriages, in as we deal with our parents, are we making the choices of, is this just best for me, or am I being the reflection of who God wants me to be? In this, are we being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry? Because if we want to reflect God, that simple mantra, that simple mentality starts to change the way in which we interact with everything else. Connected to, which we're going to, if you go to the rest of the scripture, connected to the two royal laws, the Shema, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. See, anytime you hear the word, the word in the New Testament, The writer is meaning one of two things. He is meaning either the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, or he is meaning Jesus. Because in John 1, chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So what that means is is Jesus, through himself, has been imparting the wisdom of the Scripture ever since creation has begun. And so he's he's with that. He's a part of that. Uh, Romans 10.10 says uh, Jesus came and is the telos of the law. He is the completion, the fulfillment, the whole thing. His teaching and who he actually is is the Word. So when we do, when we think about this, if you continue down the Scripture, it says, sorry, I lost it in my brain. Therefore, get rid of moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word implanted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And so these readers, when they saw that, would have thought, what's the encapsulation of all the Torah, of all the five books of the Bible? Love the Lord your God with everything that you got and love your neighbor as yourself. They immediately would have culturally just went, oh, yeah, those are important things. So what James is saying is if you can do these things, Love the Lord your God with all you've got. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. You got it pretty much made. That that makes Christianity pretty simple. Like we've put layer and layer and layer, and we got to do this, we got to go to that thing, we got to do this thing, we got to hold our teeth right on this one, and we better not do this, and we can't do that, and oh, we've got all these legalized things that we, we can and can't do, and we get cranky about all kinds of different stuff. But what it boils down to, the rules 
Or love the Lord your God with everything you've got. Love your neighbor as yourself. And you know what? Don't yell at people. Instead, listen to them. That's a whole different kind of set of standards in which I haven't been operating in my life. I'm much more comfortable with, you know, how many things can I do here? And how far is this? And what can I partake in in this? And I can drink as much coffee as I can, but I can't drink that much. And I can't smoke, but I can do, I can become a glutton at Ryan's. Wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, we have all these subset sins that we can accept and we can't accept and we play the hokey pokey with sin. What is it talking about? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to give in to selfish ambition. You see how that changes things, I think? It changes stuff for me. It changes the way in which I start to go, okay, how am I making the decisions of my life? How am I talking about life to my kids? How am I talking about life to my wife? How am I dealing through those issues? Because if my framework is just those simple three things, things start to get a little bit different. How am I at work? How do I engage with people? Do I initially jump to, I was at Arby's yesterday. And um, I, there's a, Arby's up here on Caton um, and about Theodore. There's a fantastic drive-thru worker. The best drive-thru worker in all of Shorewood, Plainfield area. Like, he's fantastic. I've never gotten an order wrong from him. Can't tell you about that on the Wendy's around here. But, uh, you know, this guy, he's awesome. He's fast. He takes my order. Uh, you know, he gets my change right. It's like a unicorn right here, okay? And so I went in yesterday, and we were uh, ordering, and the manager took my order, messed up my order three different times. And uh, I was like, I want, I want that guy, please. Um, but I'm, I'm standing there, and I go, I go, hey, I just want to let you know, that guy right there is fantastic. And she looks at me and she goes, I'm sorry. I was like, no, no, no. He's wonderful. He's great. Perfect. He does his job so well. And the guy's like, thank you. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. It took her a good 30 seconds to realize I was complimenting somebody. Now, how bad is her mentality of job of when she's used to like, I'm sorry, we screwed up again. I'm sorry, we screwed up again. I'm so-. Instead, someone randomly says, hey, that person does a good job, and their default position is he screwed up. I think that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I think often, even in that quick to listen part, we could preach just on those three things for like a long, long time. In that moment, just to be quick to listen. See, she was quick to already apologize. She was quick to be on the defensive. She was quick to try to go, oh, man, there was a problem. Oh, what, what happened now? She was already thinking about the write-up, the reprimand, all the stuff, the paperwork she was going to have to do. She wasn't there to listen to go, I wonder, I wonder even if there's a procedure, you just got complimented by a customer. Is there a write-up to say, hey, good job? Or is it all negative? Like, is, are we so fixated on, like, I'm expecting people to jump to be selfish, to jump to be angry, to jump to be cranky, that I'm not even, I'm not even in a headspace to understand the first two. 
in our own minds when we deal with our kids and do deal with our, our, our spouses and deal with other people in our lives? Are we even in a headspace to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to listen to you. What are you really trying to say? If Eric is trying to say something, what is he really trying to say? Is he really trying to say, Jared, I think you're terrible? Or is he really trying to say, Jared, I want more out of this. I need more out of this relationship. I need, need this. Those are, those are totally different things. Sometimes it's that, oh, be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to get angry. As we go towards this righteousness idea, as we try to become the best reflection of God that we can be, because if we try to be the best reflection of God that we can be, that affects everything in our lives. It gets rid of the moral filth. It gets rid of the selfish ambition. It gets rid of all that stuff. And things start changing in our lives. The way in which we're oriented, the way in which we, we do our day, the way in which we make decisions, the way in which we spend money, the way in which we spend our time drastically changes. So I have some questions for you today. How are you doing? How are you doing? How do you practice slow or quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. How are you doing with that? Where do you need to work on? Are you great at it at work? Are you great at it at home? Are you great at it with your spouse? Or great at it with one kid but not the other? It's me. How do you practice that? What do you need to work on? Maybe you just need to jot down in a, on a note and say, you know what, let's, let's, let's ask some questions with this week. Let's work on that. Let's just pick one person or one situation that you need to apply this scripture. And then next week, let's pick a different, different one. And the next week, you pick a different one. The next one, you pick a different one. Because this, this is not one that you can, like, magically apply it to all situations in life. Like, last week, I applied this to the baseball team because I was going to lose my Jesus on these seven-year-olds that can't catch. All right? So, um, so I said, you know what? These kids need to know their love, not necessarily that. They're perfect baseball players. So, okay, we're going to work on that. And so that's where I applied it. This week, Bowen's going to get the, the treatment. You can ask me next week, how, how many times did you whoop Bowen this week? Uh, yeah. uh, how, how, can I, how can I apply it? Okay, I'm going to work on Bowen this week. Next week, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll figure something else next week. But for you, the same thing. How do you practice slow to speak, quick to listen, and, and slow to anger? I'm sorry I'm getting those jumbled all in my head, but it's, all three are very important. Second one. Maybe at the dinner table, you can ask this question. How can your family work on quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger? How can your family work on that? Is there something that maybe you know there's a a situation, there's a fire marker that just every time this one thing happens, World War III breaks out. Maybe it is that issue. It's that boy, or it's that thing, or it's this girl, or it's this video game, or whatever. How is you as a family need to come together and deal with this? And finally, how does understanding control and anger help you deal with difficult people? How does control and anger help you deal with difficult people? And this is really for how do we neighbor well? Because once we start to understand maybe a cranky neighbor He's dealing with all, you don't, you don't know until you've listened well enough what actually the control issue is. You don't know well enough until you've listened to your own heart what your control issue actually is. So how does understanding that help you? It should be able to put stuff in perspective. 
if we're quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. This helps us be a better neighbor. Understanding, you know, maybe my neighbor's yard is this, this, and this. Really wish all their dandelions wouldn't keep on blowing into my yard. I really wish, you know, whatever. But you don't know actually the underneath the scenes. Maybe they spent the last week in the hospital and you're upset about their dandelions and probably should just go over and say, hey man, could I mow your grass for you? There's all kinds of things in there with all kinds of different neighbors. Whether it's your cubicles at work, whether it's the person that drives you crazy because they never answer your emails right, whatever's going on. But once we start to understand that, that our anger or their anger or every, lots of people's anger is coming probably from a control issue. Maybe it's a control issue at home. Maybe it's a control issue at work. Maybe it's a control issue. Who knows where? How are we quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to give over to selfish ambition? How slow are we supposed to be? Like a becalmed ship. As someone who has struggled with anger issues in the past, this is hard. This is difficult. This is rough stuff. But I know if I want to be the father that God is calling me to be, if I want to be the husband that God is calling me to be, if I want to be the pastor that God is calling me to be, if I want to be the neighbor that God is calling me to be, I've got to apply this to my life. Be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today, and thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Lord, we ask you to be with us, and we ask you to guide us. We ask you. We thank you, Lord. I thank you so much for, um, I, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you are a God who has paid the price for all my past, and that you have set me free with not strings attached. I thank you that you are a God who, who does not just leave us to our own devices, but you want us to be in relationship with you. I thank you that you are a God who says, you know what, there is a hope and a future for you. I thank you that you are a God that has, has paid the price for my future, that you have bought victory, that my joy can be complete, my joy can be found every morning, that I know I have a hope, I know I have a future with you. God, I love you. And in every moment of this day, I want to incorporate these truths into my life. In every encounter with my wife, in every encounter with my kids, in the encounter with my coworkers, in the encounter with my neighbors, I want to apply this. I want to listen well and speak truth into people's lives. Lord, we love you, and we praise your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's teaching. If you have any questions or comments, shoot an email to office at scog.com. To continue to support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community for Christ, you can give online at scog.com or through the app. See you next week.